Welcome to the Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics of the Bible. This is also where we follow the example of the book of Acts Church. This is how we learn how to do what they did. The Porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining that world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still falls. Porch has been on the air since um, 2010, March of 2010. And it can only be heard here on Firefall Talk Radio. If you'd like to contact us, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you could write us at the porch at Firefall Talk Radio. Dot com. Praise report, prayer request. If you have a need, if you just uh, want to contact us and interact, maybe you need a Bible, whatever it is, let us know. Porch is an online community of believers all around the world that have come together to regain that priesthood of the believer and that world-shaking influence, to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of something that affects the end times. Not telling you to leave where you are. If you have a home church, stay there if that's what the Lord's telling you to do. But if you don't have a place and you need to plug in and you want to be a part of something, we would love to have you. Mentioned uh, the Firefall Network, where I've been posting the videos on YouTube. I think I'm going to use the account on Vimeo and create a private channel just for us. I really don't like YouTube, don't like its overlords at Google, and uh, just don't want to be a part of that. And I really am not looking for some big following. I just want to reach the people the Lord wants me to reach. I will let you know when that's all taken care of. If you are a member of the porch and a part of this community, you've received the link for the videos. I'm a video behind, and after tonight I'll be two video behind. A little tough catching up. We had a power outage the other day. And so I will. I will catch up. But, as always, we start out with praise reports and prayer requests. I praise the Lord for my home, for my wife, for my children, sons, daughter-in-laws, my grandson, for our furry kids who are a part of our family. We don't consider them pets. So they're not discardable. They are a part of us, and we take care of them, and we love them. And we try to help others as well. Praise the Lord for all the protection, provisions, uh, everything that I have, all this technology that surrounds me comes from him. I am thankful that we are living in these prophetic times. We're living out Joel 2.28, the day of Pentecost, as I believe, has been ongoing. And then when Israel became a nation, the clock really began to tick quicker towards the end. So here we are. We're in the middle of some trying times. We're in the middle of some exciting times. But we are a part of the kingdom of God. We're not affected by that, or at least we shouldn't be. I praise him for being a part of the kingdom, his kingdom, for being his child, for him loving me. I praise him for the dreams and the visions, for the healing virtues, for favor and revelation, divine abiding favor, that is both a praise report and a prayer request, that you would come to understand his divine abiding favor, that you would understand and praise him for being a new creation. 
You are not what you used to be. You are born again. Your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Start living like it. I praise him for the signs. Don't know when he's coming back. I'm not going to put a date on it, but I believe we're close. Close could be a decade. I don't know, but I live each day as if it's the day. And then if I go to sleep and it hasn't happened, then I get up the next day believing that could be the day. But I'm going to be about my father's business. I'm going to do everything he needs me to do to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. I'm praying you will, too. I'm praying that's why you're here. If you're here to have your ears tickled, boy, are you in the wrong place. But if you're here to get basic, red-letter basics, pure word, no drama, no lights, no mirrors, no smoke, no none of that stuff. If you're just looking to feast on a banquet of his food, well, I will share my opinions and my insights. Anything I say to you, I back up with the word. So now let's pray. We always start out by praying for Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. New leadership. I'm not sure what's going to, go, going to happen with this leadership, but no matter what, God is in control. And I pray for Jerusalem. I pray for Israel. I pray for my Jewish brothers and sisters. I pray for America. I pray that God would have mercy on America, that his grace would be shed upon us. I pray that people would wake up and look up to him. Stop putting their trust in men. Stop putting their trust in political parties. Folks, I am really off script right now, but let, let's just stop. Let's stop worshiping men. Let's stop worshiping women. Let's stop elevating people to the place the Lord should be. I don't care about anything but him. That's who my trust is in. That's who I pray to. And I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted, the poor in spirit, the martyred, those that are victims of injustice in and out of the womb. Oh, my goodness, we are living in a world of injustice. There is no justice. We should be beacons of that. We should be calling for that. So pray with me in that regard. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. He's about life, and we need to pray for life. We need to pray against the slaughter of his creation. Pray for missing and exploited children. Pray against human trafficking. Pray that those that are involved in it would be exposed and brought to justice. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. Every day I read new stories, open doors, uh, all these various places, I, I see what's happening. We have it so good here in America. And that could change at any moment. The religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, all the things that the spirit of the Antichrist is behind. And I know you've said, I believe he's waiting in the wings. And I believe he's still in the wings, but I believe he's been pushed back. I think he was leaning forward. I think he was getting closer to the end to step out onto the world stage. And the Lord looked and said, uh-uh, not yet. And he got pushed back. But that doesn't mean he's done. That doesn't mean he's not trying. That doesn't mean he's not working. Therefore, we need to push back. So I'm praying for the boldness of the church 
of the remnant to rise up against the spirit of the Antichrist, rise up against those that serve them. I'm not telling you to go out into the streets. I'm not telling you to do anything in the natural. I'm telling you to listen to these studies on Ephesians 6 and the armor of God and the spiritual warfare and begin to apply them. I'm praying for you to be whole, divine wholeness, health, and healing as we get back to our divine design. If you're not doing it every day, don't speak about your body the way it is. Don't continue to reinforce your sickness, your illness, your disease, your disability. Speak to your body. Tell it to go back to its divine design. Tell your DNA, stop making flawed, broken cells. We speak to things not as they are, but as they should be in accordance with his word. And we do it in faith and we do it in the expectancy that something is about to change. So I'm praying for you right now. If you're, if you're sick, injured, heart, mind, body, soul, or spirit, I pray that you'd be healed. If I just ran through my spirit again, stop speaking about yourself as sick. Stop reinforcing and reaffirming what's wrong. You know that already. He knows it already. Start to speak to your body. Start to speak to him. Start to speak out scripture. Once we're done with the armor, I think that's where I'm going to go into healing. Because I've met too many believers lately that don't know anything about it. They don't even know that it still exists. So be healed in Yeshua's name. Be safe. I'm praying for divine protection, that Psalm 91 covering to be upon you, that he would hide you under the shadow of his wings, that no matter what's happening, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And you will. You will see it. And unfortunately, it may bother you and may disturb you, but don't let it. Don't let it do that. I'm praying for inspiration. I'm praying for the fire of the Holy Spirit, which is inside of you. Remember, you live inside out. He is already in you. Greater is he that is what? In you than he that is in the world. Therefore, when you stand, you stand with him in you. Praying for the remnant to wake up. That's who I'm talking to. I don't preach to the church. Church church doesn't want to hear me anyway. I'm here for the remnant. I'm here for those that are answering the call. I'm here for those that want to serve and be about their father's business. So rise up. Answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. There are people out there that need help. Some of the members of the porch community need help. Just a little bit to get over to the next level. And I wish we could. If I could, I would. But I'm believing we will. I'm believing by faith that everything I've been told in prophecy, dreams, and visions by the Lord and by others is about to happen. So let's pray. Let's pray for those things to come in. Let's pray for the needs to be met. Let's pray for a SRT to get out there and do its job, for Firefall to do what it's been called to do, for the porch to be able to reach others and wake up the remnant. That's going to take funds, unfortunately. We've done the best we can do with what we have, but we can't do more than that. Praying for our lost family members, for them to be saved, healed, and delivered and brought into the kingdom. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to offer this up right here and now. And I want you to name out your loved one, your family member, whoever they are, 
that is a not is a not. I'm a very Italian all of a sudden. That is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life to be written. Oh my goodness, if there was ever a prayer need, don't give up. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, send an angel, send a dream, send a vision, send somebody to tell them about Yeshua, that they would be saved, they would be healed, be delivered, be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of your love. We claim them into the kingdom right now, Lord. Praying for firefall to do what it needs to do, all these changes, I'm getting better at it, but being a one-man band really is not folks. It is not fun, folks. I am poor. We're going to have some fun tonight. The Spirit has already just riled me up inside. I am completely off my notes right now. Prayer requests for my wife, Deb, here in Orlando. She has a friend named Terry, whose son passed away from cancer this week. It was a long battle, and unfortunately, cancer won. He was married with children. Please pray for the family, and please please pray for Terry dealing with the loss of her son. Allison in Scotland, newest member of our community that I know of. If you've joined our community online, please write me, tell me. But Allison, if you remember, we used to go ask for prayer for her neighbor, Stephen. She's been witnessing to him, ministering to him. He's not sleeping. He's suffering the loss of his wife under stressful circumstances. That's all you need to know. He's dealing with anger, stress, anxiety. He's not a believer, but he did ask for prayer for he and his son. So keep him in your prayers. Uh, Don and Mark in South Carolina, they put it on the porch uh, message community. Whoa, I am really, my brain is just gone. I'm not sure it was ever there to begin with, but it's really gone. Um, They're going through some tough times. I don't, I'm not going to put it out there. So please, please intercede for Don and Mark. Uh, They they need divine intervention. Stacy in Texas, weeks ago, she asked for a prayer for the school secretary who had COVID while she had passed away. Pray for her family and those that cared about her. A lot of the kids at the schools are going to be influenced by this. Uh, and Stacy's family needs prayer and divine intervention and a blessing as well. Kim in Fort Mitchell, I always save you for last, Kim. Not that you're last, but your prayer requests somehow always line up with what I'm teaching. Says, doing good, grateful for all that she has, praises the Lord for her salvation and for her recovery. Praise reporter friend Bobby got out of bed on her own yesterday. She's been lying in bed since March. So what a praise report this is, yes. Her voice is coming back, and she wants to thank everyone who prayed for her. Kim praises the Lord for her children, her husband, her family, her dog Bruno, and the porch community. She praises him for loving her. She says, Father, I talked to my mom a few days ago, and I realized how lost a person can be without you. I tried to tell myself that during the conversation. I tried to tell myself that during the conversation, but the things she said got me rat- rattled. Please pray for my mom. She's getting up there. She's almost eighty. Father, save her soul. Father, right now we stop and pray for Kim's mother. I know some of what she's dealing with, what's blocking it. So, Father, we bind 
every spirit that would keep her from knowing you. We bind anything that would keep our eyes from be, from opening or ears from hearing. We pray for the light of your glory right now from the throne room to shine down upon Kim's mom. Push back the darkness, open her heart, her mind, her soul, and her spirit, and let her come to know you as Lord and Savior. And I pray that in Yeshua's name, amen. Uh, she says, Play, please uh, save her soul as well as her husband's. She says, uh, she told us last week about what happened with her son and her scholarship. She's starting to think clearly. Uh, please pray with her and for her. Um, October, the tuition will be due. They've applied for 30 scholarships in the past two weeks. So we just pray right now, Father, that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. She's praying for Stacy and Don and the rest of the porch families out there. She says, we don't give up around here. We are his people. Glad you didn't say y'all. We don't give up around here. We are his people. Lord, favor us, bless us, and give us the strength and the courage to walk through this world that we don't belong in. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, we know you're listening. We know you hear us. We are your children, so we boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Take a moment, people. Just take a moment right there. Just tell them that. Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, I love you. You are an awesome dad. You're an awesome God. And we're so thankful that we have access to you through Yeshua. That you loved us enough to ask him to pay the price for us. So, Lord, thank you for paying the price with every drop of blood, all the pain, all the shame, everything you endured for us. But we are thankful that you are risen. The tomb is empty. You sit at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power, and you've allowed us to sit with you in the heavenly places. So right now, we come and sit with you. We open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our spirits to you, and we ask that your Holy Spirit right now connect us to the throne room, connect us to your heart. Let us hear your voice. Speak, Lord. Speak through your spirit tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. Bless and protect the technology. We ask you to just say what you want to say. Do what you want to do tonight. And Lord, we ask all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. We've been talking about Ephesians 6, the armor of God. So that's where we're going to start. Go with me to Ephesians 6, verse 10. Remember, if the shofar sounds, your Bibles, your apps, however you follow along, need to be open. Finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We've talked about speaking boldly. We've talked about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, but now we're going to talk about having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, because once you've done that, you can stand. Stand, therefore. Over the weeks, we know the enemy. We've learned about the enemy. We know the battleground on which we fight that enemy. And if you haven't figured it out by now, it's going to take some stability and sure-footedness to, to get through this battle. We've already won. Don't think in your head, I need to win this battle. He won the battle. We're reinforcing it. We have an enemy that refuses to submit. Hasatan and his kingdom are the greatest terrorists of all time. They know what happened. They know who won. They just refused to acknowledge and accept it. Our job was to be occupiers and to subject him. So we're going to need to be able to stand. We need to pick up that armor and get ready for battle. We need to take it up. We need to have action and reaction to the threat in front of us. Remember the belt of truth. Soldiers girded themselves with the belt Strips of leather hung from it to protect their lower body. His truth. It's in doctrine. It's in what you speak that comes from the word. Truth isn't your opinion. Truth is the word of God. Now, hopefully your opinion matches the word of God, but it's not your opinion that's going to get somebody saved. I'll tell you right now, the enemy doesn't care about your opinion. They care about the power of the name of Yeshua. And the word behind it. The belt of truth holds it all together. Without it, the armor shifts and falls off and leaves you unprotected. We are walking in the power, the person, and the potency of God's word, both living and written. Remember what it says in 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. I've seen something in the last couple of weeks, both with people I interact with personally and on social media, and through the things I see posted on social media. I am astounded at the number of people that really do not know what's in that Bible. 
And I'm even more astounded when I see people that I know listen to me. Look like they're not listening. Truth is the warfare against the kingdom of God. That's a major weapon. The kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of God. My brain went somewhere. If you see it, let me know. Um, Truth is warfare against the kingdom of darkness. Yeshua said in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Freedom is based upon truth. Satan and the men who serve him, they lie and they enslave. They don't care about truth. Turn on the media. They care about truth now. Politicians, they care about truth for the most part now. Preachers and teachers, eh, maybe. But Satan and the kingdom of darkness, they hate truth. It is the opposite of their nature. Remember what the Lord said to the Pharisees, that Hasatan is the father of lies and there is no truth in him. That even when he speaks an element of truth, he's using it to cover up a lie. Romans one twenty five who exchange the truth of God for the lie. These are the people that get judged at the end who follow Satan and the fallen. They exchange the truth of God for the lie, worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Without truth, we, we cannot defeat this enemy we are in a battle with. And you got the breastplate of righteousness. Remember the Roman soldier... They were prepared for battle. They wore this breastplate made of bronze or chain mail, and it covered the vital organs, the heart. We talked a lot about that last week. It had loops or buckles that the thick belt went through. It held it in place. If it wasn't in place perfectly, if it wasn't tightened just right, it slipped and fell off. That's why knowing the truth and knowing the word is so important because the armor is his armor. It's his righteousness. Second Colossians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin, he being the father, the other him being the son, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Bible says that your heart is the center of your physical, mental, and spiritual life. The issues of your life are the heart of the matter. Jeremiah 17 tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. Feelings are not a proper barometer of the truth. The truth is the truth. The word is the word. Ask the Lord to search your heart. Test it. Test your mind. And if there's anything in you that is not of him, ask him to take it out. Matthew 5. Very very strong chapter about righteousness and truth and peace. Matthew 5, verses 6, 10, and 20. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That right there tells you you're going to be persecuted. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. If you are not righteous, if you are not truthful, he cannot use you. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that he mentioned before will be added unto you. I know some of you are going through some tough times. That was easy for me to say. 
Maybe not. Some of you are going through some tough times. Some of it's fallen world. Some of it's your own doing. Larry and I were talking about this and praying about it, and it doesn't fit in anything I'm doing right now, so I may just do a short little video about the difference between Isaac, the perfect will of God, and Ishmael, the permissive will of God. But I'm just going to say this very bluntly. God can't bless your mess. Start there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you. A protective righteousness is not of the law, not of works, but of love and faith. So we have truth and righteousness. Now we need to take a stand. So stand firm, hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and upright heart, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Gird up your loins. That's the phrase found in your Bible. Usually that means you have, you're wearing, we'll call it a toga or whatever, that lower part, you pull the back part up in front of you, you pull it around, tuck it through your weight, and it waist that becomes kind of like, I don't want to say a diaper, but some shorts, so that you can run and it doesn't get your way, which means you're about to do something immediately. Gird up your loins, immediate action to an impending coming event. Before any vigorous activity, the loose ends of the clothing, the tunics, the cloaks, all those things had to be gathered up and tucked into that wide leather band. Oh my gosh, truth holds everything together, not just your armor. Truth allows you to run. Gird up your mind and your heart. And then the shoes, the Roman soldiers' sandals were studded with hobnails, with little studs of nails to give them stability in the battlefield. They were, they were straps of leather, looked like boots. They were really a half boot, technically a Roman Caliga, that allowed them to move quickly, and they weren't afraid by what they might step on because it was pretty solid on the bottom, and it helped them to hold the ground. That's what the gospel of peace does. Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful and delightful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace, who brings good news of good tidings. Who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Paul uses Isaiah 52 7 when he speaks about the gospel, about the good news, announcing peace to God's people. See, Isaiah was declaring God's reign or kingdom when he delivers and restores his people. The gospel message, the gospel of peace, peace between God and humanity, a covenant of perpetual peace. How can you do anything for the kingdom or resist the enemy if you don't have that peace? How? How can you withstand the enemy when you are anxious? You can't dig your heels in. He's going to push you off balance. Remember, peace was the angelic promise 
when he announced glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men in Luke 2.14. Peace came to bring peace to us. Peace to the children. Peace in our lives. But he didn't bring peace for the world. Let's, let's get real here. He brought division. He came to shake things up. He came to show people the difference between darkness and light, truth and lies. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, and putting on your feet the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's amazing. I said Matthew 5 was so powerful. And of course, we know when we get to 7, it's the Lord's Prayer. But blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers. That doesn't mean you're not going to be involved in war. It doesn't mean you're not going to be involved in situations that aren't peaceful. But you're a peacemaker. The whole thing about what we do is that we are living a life governed by his peace, by the good news. Isaiah 61, starting with verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember, he reads this in Luke 4 in the synagogue after he comes back from the wilderness. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons for those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Trees of righteousness planted to glorify the Lord. And the fruit on those trees, one of them, is peace. Remember, trees not known by how it looks. It's not known by the place it's planted. It's known by the fruit it produces. The fruit of the Spirit, that's what you want. Because I will tell you right now, the world doesn't want that. Israel rejected it. Paul talks about that in Romans 10, verse 14. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, in the natural, peace is a sense of harmony or well-being or prosperity. But the biblical concept means so much more than the absence of hostility And it's much more than a psychological or a mental state. Remember, our peace makes no sense. Let me say that again, in case you didn't get it. 
the peace that surpasses all understanding which comes from the Lord makes absolutely no sense, which means in situations where others would be anxious and afraid, you are peaceful. The Holman Bible Dictionary about the Old Testament word for peace is shalom. I like that word shalom. I use it in the ending ironic prayer. I use it uh, when I sign emails, shalom and blessings, peace and blessings. It's one of the prominent theological concepts in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, it appears 180 times in the Old Testament. must mean something. And it's not a negative or a passive concept. It's about wholeness and completeness. Praise Jesus. We need that peace right now, Lord. I want to speak to your children. I want to speak to them, Father. I want them to hear you. I want them to to know you in a way that they may not know you right now, like this man Stephen. I want to pray him into the kingdom. I want to pray a divine visitation for him that suddenly this peace would envelop him. That the thoughts and the stress and the anxiety and all the things about him would suddenly stop. And he would know that something supernatural just happened. I want to target him in prayer right now. I don't know what time it is in Scotland. I've got to get that um, time difference right, but I know it's late. So if he's asleep, Lord, visit him in dreams and vision. Let him sleep. Let there be no stress or agitation or attacks. Malachi 2.6 talks about the one that's coming. The law of truth was in his mouth. And injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. The coming Messiah, whom we know, who has come, brings peace. Peace in a fallen world. Peace in a world that has no peace. Remember, when the world says peace, peace, sudden destruction will come upon them because it's not of him. We maintain peace. Harmony with him. Harmony means right relationship, means being in tune with him. We do it by faith and obedience to enjoy his peace. Is there an area of your life right now that you are out of order, that you're not being obedient with him? For some of you, I could probably read your mail right now because all of these visuals are going through my head, but I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't embarrass people. I don't put people on the spot. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. Remember something. The Holy Spirit convicts. He does not condemn or accuse. Remember when John the Baptist was born in Luke chapter 1, and they wanted to know what his name was, Zacharias's father, whose mouth had been stopped up, began to prophesy. Luke 1, starting verse 67, Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, 
the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, he's speaking to John, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring, which means the dawn, the Messiah from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Peace. Peace be still. See, the gospel of peace is a very specific kind of peace, but it has all of the attributes and the characteristics of the biblical peace. And it is the opposite of the ultimate experience of the wicked in this world. Remember, I remember from before I was saved when I walked in the power of the occult and the demonic, when I was demon-possessed. I have flashes of memories. I don't remember a lot. But there was no peace. Oh, there was power. Pretty, pretty substantial power. Nothing like I have now through the Lord. But there was power. But there was no peace. Isaiah 59 verse 8 says, The way of peace they have not known. And there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. There is no peace in this world. There's no peace in a man or a woman. There's no peace in a political system. There's no peace in a religious system. There's no peace in a drug, an alcohol, or anything but Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. That's why you must be born again. The salvation of the Lord prophesied in the Old Testament is about bringing peace into a fallen world. 1 Kings 2.33 Their blood shall therefore be upon the head of Joab and upon, upon the head of his descendants forever, but upon David and his descendants, upon his house and his throne, there shall be peace forever from the Lord. And then we have in Isaiah 9 the prophecy of the Messiah. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now we know he's speaking of the millennial kingdom after the Lord comes back. But remember, what the Lord did on Calvary and what he did in the upper room was he gave us the spiritual authority that he will finish in the culmination of all things when he comes back into the natural. But right now, supernaturally, we have access to him, to his peace, to his throne. The peace that I'm speaking of, that the gospel of peace brings, is the result of his coming. In ruling in righteousness, the shoes 
of the gospel of peace is to take back the ground that was lost and overturn the kingdom of darkness. Doing what I do, and some of you know it really well, you've experienced it or you've seen the the films and the videos. Part of the reason I want to get this documentary done is to show the world. Is to walk in peace in a place where in the natural there is none. To walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in a situation where most people's knees buckle and they want to run the other way. I run too. I run toward it. I understand very well what David felt when he ran towards Goliath. There was no fear in him. There was no doubt. He knew that Goliath was going down because the Lord had been with him before and he knew it right then and there that Adonai was with him again. In the New Testament, according to the Holman Bible Dictionary, the Greek word irene, which translates as peace, in every occasion except in 1 John, it's 14 times in Luke, Romans 10, Ephesians 8. Outside the Bible, the Greek word was likely to mean just the opposite of war, but it's used to translate shalom in the Septuagint and has broadened its usage. Like shalom, the, ner- the term in the New Testament, irene, refers not only to the absence of hostility, strife, and disorder, but also to the condition and sense of being safe and secure. Why? Because you know Messiah. Messiah brings peace to the believing Jew and to the believing not Jew, non-Jew. Bible and commentaries call him Gentile. I know something about that word bothers me. I don't like to use it anymore. So it's Jewish and non-Jewish believers. We're all grafted into the vine. Because we have become a new man, a new creation. And, conversely, it can extend into the natural and give us a a, a physical or spiritual feeling of well-being. Acts 9.31 The church prospers in peace, that the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. I don't have any notes on this, but it just jumped up inside of me. Walking in the fear of the Lord, that's not a fear of he's going to smack me down or he's going to punish me. It's an awe. It's a worship. It's a reverence. I mean, if you were sitting with the Lord, tangibly, physically, not just spiritually, because I know most people don't even feel it spiritually, but if you were sitting with him, would you use profanity? Would you tell him an off-color joke? Would you show him something that, while funny to you, is very worldly, possibly even demonic? Would you sit and watch the things that you watch if he was sitting right next to you? Well, guess what? He is because of the Holy Spirit inside of you. This should be an awe and a reverence. There are many times my sense of humor, my sarcastic nature, sarcasm, get the best of me, and I have to repent. 
and shake my head. I'm still in process. But the comfort of the Holy Spirit that brings that peace that he will multiply is what makes you effective. The world and religion, that Pharisee spirit, which I see so prominent in the church today, They don't want the peace that he offers. Go with me to Luke 19, verse 37. This is as the Lord is making his entrance down the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Rabbi, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these would keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. What's amazing is those same people that said Hosanna in the highest and said all those things were also in the crowd that said crucify him. Because as he drew near to the city and he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. The world and religion, they don't want this peace. They're jealous of it. They can't achieve it. They can't provide it. Because they refuse to deal with the problem of sin. They refuse to deal with the problem of rebellion. That shouldn't be your problem. God's peace guards the hearts and minds of believers. As it says, it surpasses All thoughts, all understanding. Peace that guards your heart and your mind. Breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of preparation of the gospel, peace. Right now, the core, the center of the soldier is protected and solidified. John fourteen twenty seven red letters, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, I'm speaking to you. Yeah, you know that already. I'm on the microphone looking into the camera. No, no, no. What I'm about to read, I'm speaking to you. 
And the Lord is speaking to you through me. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah Yeshua. A soldier for the king is calm, prayerful, thankful, knowing that he is with them and in them and will sustain them. There is no anxiety. There's no fear. There's standing. So, Father, I come to you right now on behalf of your children. I pray that you're speaking to them. I pray that you're touching them. I pray that you're enveloping them. That the spirit inside of you is resonating, pinging, if you will, as as I describe it when I feel it. I'm breaking the shackles of fear and anxiety. Bringing to remembrance the areas of their life that are gaps in their armor that have allowed the enemy in to attack. Bringing people into right relationship with you, right relationship with each other. Enveloping them in this peace. Giving them feet to stand. Eyes to see, ears to hear. A heart seeks after you. Lord, we're, we're in a fallen world. And we long to be with you where you are. Face to face. Walking with you. Hearing the timbre of your voice. Smelling the incense of the throne room on your clothing. Seeing that sparkle in your eye. But until then, we're going to stand. And when having done all, we will stand. We will do the job. We will do what you've asked of us. We'll stand together. We'll protect one another. We'll pray for one another. We'll preach the gospel. We'll set the captives free. We'll destroy the work of the enemy. We'll cast out the demons. We'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Because one day there will be peace. The lion will lay down with the lamb. There'll be no more need for war. And you will rule and reign and will rule and reign with you. I pray, Lord, I pray that this has gotten into your children, gotten into their hearts, gotten into their minds, and has changed them. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Before I close this out, let me tell you, let me remind you again. If you have a need, a prayer request, a praise report, and if you don't want me to share it, I won't. Just tell me this is not to be shared on the porch, but for you and the, the your prayer team. Firefalltalkradio.com or the porch at firefalltalkradio.com, the email address. Let us know. Don't go through this alone. And know that if you write me, I will tell you what the Lord says. You may not want to hear it, but I will tell you what he says. But know that he loves you. 
just as you are, but loves you too much to let you stay that way. So if you will submit, if you will let go, if you'll just give up to him, he will change you. He'll change your circumstances. And I am believing for that right now. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.